welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach. I'm here with Laura. Right this second, it's Halloween. Tomorrow is November 1st, the day this podcast comes out. Halloween is my daughter's birthday. She turns 16. Tomorrow uh, will be the last time that I drive her to school, which I'm kind of sad about. Uh, But also I'm excited. I'm excited to be entering a new phase. And in this episode, we talk a little bit about that. We talk a little bit about the skill of empathy, which is a topic I'm learning a lot about, although I'm learning about it in a very odd way, including trying to give my daughter a birthday present that she didn't like. Here's the, here's the short version. I am learning a lot about exactly what I think and what I feel. It's a very good skill. It's a very good skill to have as you try to be in relationship with other people, but it is not empathy. Um, empathy is learning about how other people think and how other people feel. And I'm having some humbling lessons about that, including today, but also uh, leading up to the recording of this podcast, which was last week. I think it's a good one. We wander around just a little bit. As always, we latch onto something that I hope will be meaningful to you. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Do you remember your final score? Uh, all I know is that I lost. I was, I was winning, and then I was losing, and then I was winning, and then I was losing, and then I lost. I, I'm glad you followed it, because all I did was checked in at the very end. I was like, oh, look at that. Yeah. Hey, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, for the record, if you guys are following... Um, a couple of things have happened. I wanted to let you know that we continue to get um, e- emails and correspondence regarding uh, dental floss, and uh, which you're unaware of because I've been looking at those emails that yeah. come in. But um, a couple of people are still pretty um, bothered by the dental floss on yeah. the wall. Yeah. And well, if it's, if it's any consolation, I have stopped this practice because of how strongly other people feel about it. I wanted you to know too, that in my Costco cart, um, online shopping, there is a set of new, um, sonic toothbrushes. One is black and one is white. And that will help distinguish between a husband's toothbrush and a wife's toothbrush, as well as a kid's sonic toothbrush. So I am investing in my dental care. Thank you. We're turning toward each other's bids. (laughs) We're we're like making each other better and more. We are dentally hygienic. 
But if we had kept this a secret, by the way, if we didn't ever, like if we were never vulnerable to each other, we would just quietly be passing germs back and forth to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Our spouses. Yeah. So that has happened. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yes, Laura beat me in fantasy football this year. And I've decided I'm bad at fantasy football. I'm on four teams, which a is too many teams. That is a lot of teams. Um, because it's just your favorite player, by the way, do you have a favorite in the NFL? Yeah. Like who is like the one player you're like, I'm so pumped. I have them on my team. They are such a performer. Uh, uh, Austin Eckler. And what position does he play? He's a running back for San Diego chargers. And do you know the most amount of points? that he has scored no, for you. In a I just game. know that I, he, he's, he's like the guy that I'm glad that I have on most of my teams, but All I don't right. have him on your, on my team. That, but this year I've lost to Rebecca, my wife. <laughs> I've lost to you, which is terrible. <laughs> and then I lost to, I lost to a team who had Russell Wilson at quarterback and Russell Wilson didn't even play in the game. He was injured and didn't play real football. And I still lost the fantasy football game to the team that had Russell Wilson as their starting quarterback. So I'm, 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 I'm bereft. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody got cookies. Yes. So if you're tracking, if you've been following along, we have talked about fantasy football. We also talked about crumble cookie, which I talked about it on the episode. I still need to reach out to them and say, Hey, we gave you a lot of free publicity. That's not the point. The point is you said, if I beat you, you should send me a box of crumble cookies. Accurate. And what happened? So yesterday you got a box of crumble cookies and you were like, did you send these to me? (laughs) Because I forgot that we put the bet on. It said congrats on the box. It did. But I was like, I'm amazing in so many areas of my life. I wasn't clear if we were talking about fantasy football, which is like such a small speck of dust in my awareness. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. But I do have crumble cookies sitting on my counter and I'm going to eat it with the two Pizza to Costco size. Apparently Costco today is our sponsor. Uh, things of pizza. So I hosted a bingo event last night and we walked away with, I think, about nine full pizzas that were uneaten, which is just such nice. a shame. But we are giving them to the teachers today who are doing in-service. So that's exciting. All right. Let's talk about relationships, shall we? Unless there's anything else on your docket. Nope. Nope. Uh, I'm... I think I'm, I think I'm all set. I've been thinking a lot about this dishwasher thing though, for a couple of reasons. Go on. I was thinking about how it's 1% and, and last week I guessed it was 30%. And I was thinking about the human brain and what is, what is the human brain? Sorry. This is a quite a bit of a tangent. Okay. That's um, fine. Sorry about that. That's but, okay. Um, we had a little bit of a plan, but I'm happy to go wherever <laughs> the wind blows today. <laughs> what does the human brain do with stuff? It doesn't know. So like, for example, here's a question for you. Do you know when crossword puzzles were invented? No. No, of I Of course you don't. Okay. When do you think they were invented? Um, when I think they were invented when the paper press was invented. Do you know when the paper press was invented? I'm going to go with 1910. 1910? Sure. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure why not um well i don't think the paper press was invented in 1910 18, However, 18 something of, Eight, hold on 1887 maybe, i don't know okay I sh- well, but this I'm is the thing. what do we do with stuff we don't know we just make stuff up like <laughs> incidentally crossword puzzles were invented in 1913 so it was a good guess about 
sort of tangentially you got in the neighborhood, but I think the paper press, but like, what do we do? We, we make stuff up. I was thinking about, uh, like in friends when Rachel was like, um, the olden days, (laughs) like when was the paper press invented? It was invented in the olden days, days. you know, when are the olden days? Incidentally, you don't have, I think you, this is a weird experience that I'm having that I'm sure you're not having, which is my clients are getting younger or I'm getting older or both. Yeah. But now when I use references from friends, they're like, I've never seen that show. Mm-mm. What is the equivalent? <laughs> what is the equivalent of like, no idea. me neither. I have no idea. Anyway. It's probably Grace Anatomy. I, but <laughs> do you know when, um, I think it's called the printing press, by the way. Yeah. The paper press. Did I call it the, oh, I, I did call it the paper press because that's what I typed into Google. 1436. It was uh, a yeah. Johannes So you're Gutenberg, off by like four, 500 years. Uh, invented it in 1436. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Okay. Right. So we just make stuff up. We fill in gaps in our knowledge because we don't know stuff. And I think that's really interesting. Here's another one. Do you know when corn mazes were invented? Mm, I hate corn mazes, by the way. That should be like a part of my profile. I'm not a huge fan of corn mazes. <laughs> okay. Well, I, um, uh, yes, it is Halloween time. So we can talk about corn mazes. Halloween time. I think that's what it is right now. It would be, it seems like it would be, mm, I'm also going to go in the 1900s. 1900s is a hundred years. Yeah, I know. It's a broad. <laughs> corn mazes were invented in the 1900s. Well, you're correct. When are winter chickens? Corn mazes are... were invented in the early 90s, like 93. No. Yes. Isn't that a crazy? Holy moly. Right? Okay. I actually. When were you born? 1984. 19... So corn mazes are 10 years younger than you. Yeah. And I still hate them, even though they're younger than me. I think they have combines that are electric now. And so I think that's why these corn mazes are getting more intricate because when I was a kid, corn mazes were like, you go left, you go right, you go left, whatever, you know, it was like, yeah. Very, yeah. But now oh, no, they're definitely very elaborate. They they're are drawn out, mapped out. Yes. Them all, yeah. We did a whole like a uh, theme today or uh, this last week for Holden and it was um, a Flintstones theme. And mm-hmm. I was like, how do they, do this. It's so intricate. And I think it's, yeah. I suspect we make stuff up and we don't know what the answer is. Right. Yeah. I suspect yeah. that it is because it is done with an electric combine. Mm. Yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So yeah, I, my brain's been doing this a lot. I've, uh, I asked our mutual friend about it and he gave me like a 600 word, uh, <laughs> response to why he thinks this is happening in my brain. In your brain? Well, I'm pretty fixated on what do we do with knowledge gaps? Okay. This is interesting. Tracing the way in which we fill gaps and assume knowledge. We do this with people, of course. 
You're reading this their off roles, of the their internet. Personalities, their motivations. What's that? Were you reading this off of the internet? No, I'm reading this off of our mutual friend's text strand that is too long for me to complete. Oh, okay. But we do this with people, right? We do this with our partners too. Like where we we watch them do a thing or we make a we make a decision about their motivation or we make a decision about, you know, where this is coming from. And I think I don't know, that maybe is a topic because You mean assumptions? Like if we don't know Well, we do make assumptions. Yeah. And you know, you're like Oh, I think it was in the, the 1900s with a great deal of confidence, which is right, but also is very vast. And I guess we have to figure out how to narrow that down into, I don't know. I, I, sorry. Like I said, I was on quite a bit of a tangent because I am trying to figure out what to do with these knowledge gaps Okay, in my practice okay, let me, when I go ahead. Well, I was going to say like, let's tease this out. Let's draw the connection because we went from talking yeah, about cornfields and the, and the paper press, as I called it the printing yeah. press, um, to talking about individuals. What would be the harm in having gaps of information and the natural tendency that we have as human beings to fill that gap of information? What would be the harm in relationships? What's the relational byproduct of that? Well, if we go back to something that we say over and over and over again, it's the idea that we replace curiosity with certainty. Mm -hmm. I learned of a book that I've never read and probably won't read, but it's called The Sin of Certainty, which is based on this idea that when we decide that we absolutely know stuff for sure, mm -hmm. we we eliminate the option to be basically be flexible or to learn anything new, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and again, we do this all the time with our partners. I know exactly what you're going to say. I know why you did that. You know, I already, I don't need to ask you any questions because I already know the answer to everything about you. And I think it just goes back to the idea that we need to be a little bit more humble about the fact that we, maybe we don't know. Okay. So, I mean, you're kind of doubling down on something that is already a challenge, which is leaning into certainty um, as opposed to being curious. But now you're saying this isn't just you as a character trait or your relationship that is lacking this curiosity. This is a human trait. This is what we do naturally. Our brains will... Well, I don't know. I, I know that hmm. I was surprised by the dishwasher thing. Okay. In two ways. I was surprised that it was 1% and I was surprised at how bad my guess was. Okay. And it made me go, am I bad at guessing? Like, what am I bad at? And then I was reading, I was listening to this other book. It was all about puzzles, including crossword puzzles and corn mazes. And I was like, mm. holy cow. I, I don't even know what I would have guessed if somebody asked me when, when crossword puzzles were invented. Mm. And so, <laughs> again, I... Uh, to me, it's one of those things that like I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with it in real time because I just don't know how to, how to make sense of it right now. I'm doing this also with empathy, by the way, because I'm sort of, my mind is sort of blown by, by this, this fundamental fact, which is I'm pretty sure I know how my brain works and I feel like I'm pretty good at like articulating that and making my feelings known. And I feel like that's a really good gift that I have to you or to my family or to my clients. And then I realize like, all of that that I stir up being proud of how empathetic I am mm -hmm. is based on the fact that I know what I feel, which is the opposite of empathy, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Okay. And so I'm like, holy cow, here I am thinking that I'm like doing the world a favor mm -hmm. by being so clear about what I think and what I feel. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's actually like the worst thing. Okay, now we're talking about empathy, which is kind of making me intrigued or interested in thinking about how 
empathy works. Like some people come into my practice and they say things like, Laura, I am a deeply empathetic human being. I am so sensitive. I walk into a room and immediately I'm tuned into human beings that are standing around and I know exactly what's going on for them. Are you raising your hand right now? I am because I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's like, um, okay. Is that, is there a difference Mm -hmm. between what you're describing? Is that being an empath Mm -hmm. or is that being empathetic? I think those are two different things. People go, Oh, I'm an empath. I know what everybody around me is feeling. That's different. I think than being empathetic. I think they're close of course, because they have the same root, but like you can be an empath and still be a, a narcissist. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think that narcissists are empaths. Okay. Um, and I don't know a ton. I mean, I don't want to go down the path of talking about narcissism uh, because I'm Me not. A, yeah, I am not a specialist in that. And <laughs> not touching that with a ten foot. Nope, ball. nope, nope. It's actually a word that I don't use in my practice, and I I think it is so stinking loaded. So we'll just pretend like I didn't say narcissist at all. But actually, I think it was you that said it. But I'm not. We'll, we'll pretend like I didn't grab onto it. I, yes, I think people use the word empath and that comes up as like a personality trait, something that is innate in you. Can you describe, or do you understand the difference or how would people understand if they were an empath? Cause I just described something and they're probably like, Oh, that's me. I clue into everybody else. I have a woman in my life who is an empath for animals. And so she cannot I know it blows your mind. Like, how is that possible? What animals are just like little figures that are in your home, other people's homes, not yours, Zach. But we will go to, I remember being at a party and there were, I think like stray kittens kind of in the yard and the poor woman could not relax because she was so tuned into how those kittens must be feeling at that moment of being Mm -hmm. like in an environment where there's children kind of chasing them and she just could not relax. She couldn't sit still. All she could think about was that. And then, yeah, I mean, I would describe that as being an empath. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that sounds a little crazy to me. Like I, like you said, I don't really understand people who enjoy animals. I, I, I do. I do think I do. I have decided that I believe that pets have feelings congratulations some of them welcome to yeah some being of them. a human being no I, I you know i don't know i think i think it's one thing to walk in and go i think i'm attuned to what people are feeling or what i think people are feeling okay of course you can't be right you can't be correct right you can have some suspicions about people's body language or some suspicions about the energy in the room and and maybe people are more attuned to like energetic forces in the room and i think that's got to be real because hmm. not everybody's like me um and, but I think you can't then assume that you're correct or that you, that, that, that information that you have is something that you need to act on or something that needs your influence. Mm. I think empathy is where you kind of go, Hey, I want to, I want to, you know, this joke about empathy, which is, um, before you judge somebody, you should walk a mile in their shoes. Is that a joke? The, the joke is because, uh, because if you judge them harshly, then at least you're a mile away and you have their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, uh, but I don't think you can like, I don't think you, this is the part where I think even, okay, let's say you're an empath. Let's say you know something. Let's say you think you know something. Mm-hmm. Then what do you do next? Right. Do you, do you stand up and go, stop chasing this kitten around? Sure. You know, which mm-hmm. then disrupts everybody, the whole rest of the energy because you've decided what's the most important thing. Or 
do you maybe do the extreme other thing, which is to self-soothe and go, Hey, Mm -hmm. I need to not be in charge of this moment, but be available or care. Yeah. And that's a kind of a, a crazy example, but I think it does, does hold up in our homes. You know, we walk into a house and maybe we feel like people are grouchy. Yeah. I just got home from work and I feel like everyone is grouchy. Uh Uh-huh. I'm taking and so on the now energy. I'm going to be grouchy. Yeah. Okay. You so know? that's, that is what they're describing as empath. So I, I said they, because I did a, su- a super quick, just boop, boop, boop. What's the difference between empath and empathy? Oh, yeah, and just sort of broad sweeping definition would be the empath is someone who takes on the feelings or experience, right? Like I know that there are kittens around me and the kittens are, you know, running around and I feel their energy. I feel that they are uh, anxious. I feel that they're scared. And now I feel anxious and scared. And I'm trying to connect with other people around me and have a conversation as adults. But I have all this thing, this feelings inside of me that I'm drawing from these kittens. Or I walk into a room and there's someone who's grieving and I've never met this person, but I look at their face and immediately I'm knocked over with the sense of like grief and loss. And it's like, I feel what you feel. And I, I think there are amazing healers in this world that are empaths. They're able to mm. feel. But the difference between empathy and empath is that empathy is a choice and it's boundaried. And empath mm. to me, the way that it's described in this definition is like an automatic response. It's just a way of living in this world where you take on, but it seems very porous to me as boundaries because you walk into a room, everybody around you is in a bad mood. Your family's in a bad mood. They were just in some kind of a conversation that didn't go well. And you make that choice of like, man, sorry, you guys are all in a really crummy mood. I just had a great day. And that's a choice to allow your boundaries to be firm enough to not have their energy permeate through your boundaries. That's empathy. Yeah. No, I'm into it. And I think, you know, it's hard to get at this with people because I'm trying out something new in my practice, which I think uh, is helping me get to this a little bit was I'll hear somebody tell something, tell me a story about what happened. And then I'll just turn immediately to the next partner. And I'll say, is that what happened? I do that. What do you a think lot. happened? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then they tell me what happened. And I go, Oh, that seems different. Like what, what do you think about that? Second mm. person, mm-hmm. you know, and then they go, well, it's this and this and this. I go, but what about this part that they said this? And then they find that they keep kind of going, wait a second, this whole thing that I had in my head about what happened. Mm. It's not real, but it's also not real because it happened for them. I, I don't know. This is again, what's kind of blowing my mind. It's sort of like, I have this in my mind. I have this um, kind of new appreciate. Have you watched by the way, the movie Coda? No. It won best picture last year. It's about this deaf family who has a one hearing daughter. Hmm. Um, and I have, I have put off watching it for a year. Rebecca has been wanting to watch it. And I'm like, no, I want to watch superheroes. I want to watch dragons. I want to watch like, you know, British murder mysteries. I don't want to watch something that might make me feel like it's real life. Uh That's a common theme in my life. But anyway, so we were out of options a couple of days ago or whatever. And she was like, we're going to watch code. I was like, fine. (laughs) I don't want to feel right now. I've been feeling all day as a therapist. There's no more feeling left in me. Yeah, I was wrong, man. Th- I cried like three times during this movie. Aww. And I told her that the first thing I said when the movie was over, I said, I forgive you for making me watch this movie. Um, <laughs> she didn't ask for forgiveness. That's awesome. 
But the point, but, but here, but here's the point. There's a scene in the movie and I won't spoil the movie where two characters are talking to each other and one character is feeling pretty down about their life. And the other one says, your life is amazing. My life is wrong. And he's, Mm -hmm. and they're like, what's wrong with your life? And they have this comparison about like what's going on and how each of them is sort of in, in, in like sort of sadness about their situation while the, while simultaneously envying the other one for their situation. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, man, if we could only climb inside people's brains and make room for the fact that something's going on for them. Yeah. And maybe we have the answer for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of this idea that everybody is the protagonist of their own story. Mm -hmm. Like if, if, if at that moment the movie paused and pivoted from one character to the other Mm -hmm. and became about that character, Mm -hmm. we would be off on a whole different adventure about different things. And then, you know, we're all just tertiary characters in everybody else's story or Mm -hmm. secondary characters in everybody else's story, which just means if you're in therapy or you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to make sense of your life and your relationships, you have to make room for the fact that the other person that you're dealing with has a whole story that is, Mm -hmm. that, that is at work for them. And Mm -hmm that you're just a secondary character in that story. Mm. And we walk around thinking everybody's thinking about us all the time, but they're not. Okay. Thinking about them. You just really tapped into something as I'm listening to you as folks are processing. I'm just thinking, okay, I just had a fight with my partner or I just had a really awful day at work and I'm going to process this. And what do people do when they process things? There's sort of one of two routes that I see folks do. Okay. One, they go internal. And they process, they stew, they take, they take solitude, they, you know, kind of go internal and they start running the wheels back. This is what he said. And then I said this, and that's not fair, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So they're going internal. A a thing that I think about too is diarying, diarying, journaling, diarying. It's an awful word. Journaling. Journaling. But how do you. Diarying. Diarying. That is a terrible word. Oh, folks, if you could see me, I am 100% still in my pajamas. I have bedhead and not a stitch of makeup on. And we are not going to be posting this on the internet today. But (laughs) that is the state of brain that I'm coming to you today. However, they go internal and they start processing. But what I'm hearing you say is that in order to process something that occurred with another human being, you have to be able to hear their side of it. You You cannot process alone. You have to be able to process in tandem with understanding the other person's piece of it. You're saying you have to be able to crawl into their skin. Do you know that reference? Uh, no. Oh, uh, hold on. I'll come up with it. It's a Steinberg reference. Um, crawl into their skin and walk around. And it's not walk around in their shoes. It's crawl into their skin. Uh, that's gross. Yeah, it is. It sounds gross, but that's a Steinberg reference. Anywho. That's where my brain went when you started talking about it is the inability to process things. If it's a relational issue, if there's something that's happened relationally, the other route is I process outside. I'm an external processor. I go and I talk to my friend. I talk to my mom. I, you know, talk to the woman on the bus that has to sit next to me for the next 25 minutes. (laughs) And, uh, and so I think that's probably the fairer version of bringing empathy to the forefront is being able to understand what might be the other person's side of that in order to come to some kind of curiosity and lack of certainty. Because we have like this uh, confirmation biases that we do when we're processing by ourselves. 
And it's like, we continue to be like, and I, I don't think this is everybody, but I think when we go alone and we start processing alone and we're spinning the wheels and we're thinking that I'm, I'm doing a good thing for my relationship by taking space, by taking a walk, by journaling, by processing alone. But I think what we're actually doing is we're, we have a confirmation biases as to why we have more certainty in our feelings, our point of view, when in reality, we should probably be processing with our partner or with another person. Well, certainly in areas of tension or difference, um, because I think that when we don't do that, then resentment creeps in, right? I had I literally had this conversation yesterday with a guy. This is actually maybe is a really good example of where like empathy can come in. He, they were talking about a trip that they just went on, which was a great trip for them. They both acknowledged it. It was really designed to help them get some quality time together on the front end of the trip. They had time with some friends on the back end of the trip. They had times with the friends and in the middle, they had time just one-on-one mm -hmm. and he came home from the trip and he was sad. He was sad because he didn't get enough time with her hmm. and they got into an argument about what was enough. Yeah. And I was like, that's made up. <laughs> She's like, we got plenty of time together. We had a lot. He's like, it wasn't enough. Mm. And so they're arguing about something that is made up, um, this idea of enough or soon, you know, I love doing mm -hmm. this with clients where I say, think of a unit of time. Yeah. Like, do you have it in your head? Sure. A unit of time, Laura, you got yeah, it? I got it. What is it? 22 minutes. Yeah. I have an hour. Like I just put an hour in my head for okay. some reason. So All what's right. that? 38 minutes. So when we start talking about soon, we we're starting at an arbitrary Delta of at least 38 minutes. Oh man, you, you just know? blew my mind because or, or when you, oh, enough wow. money, we don't have enough money. Mm -hmm. Think of an amount of money. You got an amount of money in your head right now? Yes, I do. What is it? $5 million. Yeah. I had $500 in my head. <laughs> so we start talking about, we start talking about money. We're yeah. starting with an arbitrary Delta because we're, our context is different. Everything mm -hmm. is like just dependent on making sure we normalize like what it is. So it's, it's my job to say, Hey, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Right. You're, you're talking about enough mm -hmm. time together. What does that mean to you? Where does that mm -hmm. come from? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you, what do you reference? What's your, what's your reference point? Yeah. Because now I can start to prioritize you as the main character. Even if it's not like, I want to validate your whole story. <laughs> At least what I want to do is stop thinking I have a monopoly on soon. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. I, see, who knows? We didn't know we were going with this episode, but I, I've had a lot of sort of epiphanies here with that's like who a monopoly on soon or a monopoly on enough or a monopoly on pleasure. What, yeah. like that my version of pleasure is somewhat more right than your version or my or version. Good. Right. Yeah. That's not good for you. What is, who, who decides what's good? Yeah. You know? Oh man. Mind blown. Mm, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, um, I think we should land this plane. I have some cookies to eat today. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I, I was intrigued to see that. Did you actually pay for the cookie divider? through crumble. I bought the cookie divider from my it. house. Yeah. yeah. Do you realize that the cookie divider is also a thing called a knife in your household? Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. I like things. Okay. We would not um, get along because I do not like things. I am a minimalist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your house is three times the size of my house. So you can just go ahead and park that minimalist <laughs> philosophy and in, in, inside your... <laughs> so what do you mean by minimalist? Right. What do you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. That's All interesting. Right. 
I don't really think you are a minimalist, <laughs> but I don't guess I don't get to decide. Oh, okay. Well, let's land this plane. Um, congratulations to me for beating Zach last week. Yeah. I should probably hop on and when do football games start? Is it on a Thursday or Friday? Thursday night. The first game is Thursday night. You might not have players on Thursday night, but the first game is Thursday night. So I got to get Last my game's Monday night. So I it's sort of Thursday to Monday thing. Okay. I, I don't care. I've given up. I'm, I'm no right. longer, We're done. I, I no longer We're done. care about We're done Actually, episode. that's not true. My hmm. favorite team is my team and whoever's playing what against team? the sound couple. Hold on. The sound they're couple? From, yeah. They're okay. in our league. They're undefeated. Oh boy. Um, their names are Nick and Sasha. And they, they like to talk smack on the, oh. on the chat and I hope they lose. All right. Here's what we will lose. do um, to whoever wins our league. The first team to beat the sound couple, we will send crumble cookies to. Yes. <laughs> like that. Actually, that doesn't work because, well, no, it, we could, we could ship them. They're either coming by a truck because you're local and you I get, just delivered them from your store. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if it's not a local store, then you can have them shipped. Which is also fine. <gasps> Guess who the sound couple plays this week? Who? Team Heck. <laughs> I could get crumble cookies two weeks in a row. I'm so excited. You don't get them for... Oh, yeah. I guess you could. I All could. Right. If I beat them. If you win, I'm not sending you more cookies, but I will send them <gasps> to anyone else. They're I projected go. right now at 78 points and I have 116 projection. It looks good. Like we shouldn't tell them. Oh, don't. Oh, they're not going to. Actually, not, by the time right. we go, uh, the next podcast, they will uh, either have won or lost. So okay, we got to land this. We got to land this. We got to go. We got to go. go. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Even though Crumble is not an official sponsor, I'm going to give you their website because we're just, we just keep talking about it. And I'm sure you've already Googled them by this point, but it's Crumble, C-R-U-M-B-L, cookies.com. Check them out. They always have the traditional chocolate chip cookie. Oftentimes they'll have a sugar cookie version, but they swap out their recipes every single week. So you can become a little bit of a junkie like me and just get a six pack every single week. That's right. But it's fine because I am training and I can do that. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.